It is Valentine's Day weekend, and in a couple weeks, on a Saturday evening, we'll celebrate here at St. Francis de Sales World Marriage Day. In today's gospel from Matthew 5, Jesus teaches us about marriage, divorce, remarriage, and even provides the foundations for the church's ministry of annulments. Therefore, it seems a fitting time to reflect upon the realities of Christian marriage. So sit back. This is going to be just a little longer of a homily. I've been giving short homilies, right? But um, this is marriage, and this is important. This is um, complex also. And all of us, in some way or another, are, of course, products of marriage and related to it. So I'm just going to take a little time to develop it. Every once in a while, we read news stories about spouses who shared long and loving marriages and then died almost simultaneously. Not for medical reasons, but for spiritual ones. One spouse passes away because of a stroke, for example. And a few days later, the other spouse, who seemed perfectly healthy, also passes away, dying of a broken heart. This phenomenon eloquently illustrates something about marriage that you rarely hear people talk about. And that's too bad. Because that something is the most important thing about marriage. It's called the marriage bond. Understanding what it is and where it comes from is the only way to understand Christ's teachings about marriage, divorce, remarriage, and the church's ministry of annulments. When two people go into business together, they form a partnership. They agree to work together on a project that will benefit each of them. The bond they form is entirely practical, external and contractual. When two people get married, they do much, much more. They pledge their whole selves to one another, unconditionally, out of love. And in so doing, they become, as it were, one person. Jesus himself explained the marriage bond like this, quoting from Genesis. Have you not read that from the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Two separate individuals have come together and freely entered into a new unified life in which the spouses no longer live for themselves, but for one another. One couple with one purpose, united by the one God, spending their lives in an exclusive, permanent bond as husband and wife, helping one another get back to the one who created them and will complete them in the one eternal life of heaven. Along the way, they literally create other ones, children. And on, as one united family, they prepare and support their children throughout their entire lives for union with the one God in heaven. That's what marriage is. That's how God designed marriage. This also describes the purpose of the marriage bond. The bond is real. Even though you can't physically see the marriage bond, it is as objectively real 
as this child that naturally springs forth from the marriage bond. That child, an objective, physical, spiritual reality that didn't exist before, is a living icon, a palpable expression of what the marriage itself is. By its very nature, marriage is objective, physical, spiritual reality that didn't exist before the bond. And that's why a true marriage can no more be undone than the life of the child. You can dissolve a business agreement, but you can't dissolve a child. At least not without taking his or her life. Likewise, you cannot dissolve a true marriage without the death of one of the spouses, according to Jesus. This leads to this. Certain parts of Christ's teachings on marriage are admittedly not easy for a lot of us to hear, to accept, to live. We've all been more or less infected by our society's divorce mentality, which sees marriage as a mere social construct, just like any other type of social agreement, like a business partnership. Purely at the mercy of the needs and wants and whims and weaknesses of the partners. Christ's teachings about marriage, divorce, remarriage, and annulments can indeed be difficult to accept. Both in Jesus' day and up to our day, especially if we don't understand his teachings. Going through a difficult marriage and the pains of divorce is hard enough, but then misunderstand what Christ teaches about marriage and divorce and annulments, this only compounds the pain. However, this is precisely one of the reasons why Christ gave us his church. Not only so he could preserve the good, the beautiful, and the true of his word from generation to generation so it doesn't get corrupted, but also help his people understand them and find lasting freedom and hope and the ability to live out the good, the beautiful, and the true of his promises to us. And his promises are beautiful. Divorce is obviously a reality in Jesus' day. So much so that he offered here and in other places in the Gospels and other writings such as St. Paul direct, plain teachings about it. We know that divorce is a reality today, too. Thus, in addition to teaching us about God's wonderful plan for marriage between a man and a woman and the awesome reality of the marriage bond, Jesus states in today's gospel these words. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's hard to hear. Unless the marriage is unlawful. Without these words of Jesus, any follower of Jesus Christ who has experienced the terrible trial of divorce, especially if they want to get married someday to another person, they would be without hope as they try to follow their consciences as formed from the truths of Christ in his own words in the sacred scriptures. Unless the marriage is unlawful. What does Christ mean here? Well, 
Unlike today, when couples in Jesus' day got married, it wasn't the civil authority that lawfully created the marriage as a social construct. That's today. That wasn't then. Rather, the couple entered into marriage by the laws set up by God through the covenant that God made with his people via Moses. Thus, the law that Jesus is referring to to here when he says, unless the marriage is unlawful, is not civil law, but the Mosaic law, the laws of Moses. In other words, marriage in the time of Jesus was a sacred covenant in which God, in, in which it is God himself who creates this marriage bond between a man and a woman as they give their promises to each other. The couple's promises alone don't make their marriage bond unbreakable. They're finite. If God creates the bond, then the bond is, of course, permanent, indissoluble, eternal. Precisely because it is an eternal being who is bonding the man and woman together as husband and wife. Once an eternal being makes a promise, a holy oath, a vow... Once he creates a bond between a man and a woman, this bond cannot be broken, either by the man or woman, a religious institution, or a civil authority. However, if it can be determined that either the man or the woman or both were not capable of entering into the marriage on their day of their wedding, according to the laws of God, then the marriage could be unlawful. That is, God would have seen that one or both parties to the marriage was not capable of entering into a lifelong union of love. In such cases, while the man and the woman would give their I do's to each other, even in a religious ceremony, this doesn't force God to give his eternal I do. If God doesn't give his I do, then there is no eternal bond. No eternal bond And if the marriage ends in divorce, the man and the woman are free, according to the laws of God, to enter into another marriage with another person and to do so without violating their consciences as formed from the sacred scripture. Not just the Old Testament, but what Jesus is doing here in the New Testament is facilitating that and completing it in the New Covenant. The process of discerning if the man or the woman were capable of entering into marriage on the day of their wedding is what Christ left to his church through what is called the ministry of annulment. There are several factors from a person's life that can keep them from being capable of entering into a lifelong union of love, such as the brokenness they bring into their marriage either from their lives while they were growing up as children and teenagers in their family of origins, or their lives before marriage as adults, inordinate attachments and addictions, emotional and psychological problems, the inability or unwillingness to remain faithful, wrong ideas about the nature and purpose and expectation of the marriage, certain factors that restrict one's freedom. All of them related to stuff so essential to what makes marriage a marriage that when it is missing or defective or dysfunctional, 
One or both parties to the marriage are not capable of entering into the covenant of holy matrimony with each other and God. Over my 23 years as a priest, I have accompanied hundreds of individuals in the annulment ministry after their marriages ended in divorce. As they attempted to follow their consciences as formed by Christ's word in the Bible, And as they discovered through the annulment process, the underlying issues behind their broken relationships and found ways not to repeat them in a new marriage. As they experienced healing and hope for the future, and as many of them either prepared to enter into holy matrimony with another person or sought the church's help to make the civil bond of their new marriage into the sacred bond of the sacrament of marriage which also then enabled them to be able to receive Holy Communion again as a remarried person. I've, always had, I've, I've also had the opportunity to correct certain misconceptions. An annulment does not declare children illegitimate, nor does it deny the civil bond has nothing to do with the civil bond or the love of the former spouses. Furthermore, in meeting with divorced individuals, who do not intend to remarry, other myths are often addressed. They do not have to go through an annulment if they don't want to, if they're not going to get remarried. They are able to receive Holy Communion, and they are welcome to be fully involved in the life of the church as a divorced person. In all cases, accompanying parishioners who have experienced the pains of divorce I've seen so many of them grow closer to Christ as they turn to the ministry of the church to find freedom, new beginning, and a new hope. Given the reality of divorce, both during Jesus' day and today, thorough and comprehensive marriage preparation is absolutely essential, especially today when the divorce rate is higher than in any previous generation and highest among couples who decide to live together before marriage. For any Christian man or woman who wants the good, the beautiful, and the true that Christ can offer them through the sacred bond of marriage, good marriage preparation can help them to obtain and preserve what they seek at the depths of their hearts in their love for their future spouse. For any Christian who wants to enter into and remain in a healthy, lifelong union of love with their future spouse, a union that realizes God's purposes in bringing them together, getting good mentoring before their wedding is indispensably crucial, especially today. This is exactly what we offer engaged couples here at St. Francis de Sales Parish. We completely revamped our marriage prep. We offer one-on-one marriage mentoring using an objective and comprehensive marriage preparation tool. Sociological studies have consistently shown that when engaged couples get good marriage prep, the likelihood of the divorce rate decreases and the likelihood of the maintaining a strong marriage bond in a fulfilling relationship increases. At St. Francis de Sales, we use an objective marriage inventory that guides an engaged couple through all the major categories of coupled living 
critical for a successful marriage, such as finances and faith, problem solving and conflict resolution, couple time versus alone time, quality time versus quantity of time together, friends and interests and hobbies, the goodness of human sexuality and God's plan for your marriage as lovers, introvert versus extrovert, children, careers, family of origin issues, buying a house and building a home together, dealing with in-laws, and the list goes on. This inventory called Fully Engaged, is the most comprehensive tool for offering good, thorough, practical, and helpful preparation for married living that I've ever come across as a priest. It is steeped in solid sociological science, the wisdom of our faith, common sense, and a ton of experiences from other married couples. It has the input of priests and theologians, the imprimatur of bishops, the input of marriage counselors, psychologists, and sociologists, all geared to helping engaged couples realize the sustaining joy that God wants to offer them as married couples in his design for marriage and family life and the sustaining strength when life gets difficult. In our fully engaged marriage prep ministry, engaged couples meet married mentor couples one-on-one. The mentor couple accompanies the engaged couple on the journey toward their wedding day, preparing them for a lifelong union of love in the sacred bond of the sacrament of marriage. Using the fully engaged inventory, their own training by fully engaged and life experiences, and their own love and care for the engaged couples. We are blessed to have 14 trained mentor couples presently here in our parish, which is great because that's about the number of weddings we have each year, which means that each engaged couple gets the full attention of their own mentor couple as they prepare for the most important event in their life. God's original design for marriage is beautiful. Nothing that we can construct socially comes near to its ability to fulfill God's purpose for marriage and family life, here and now and in eternity. But just because God designed it doesn't mean that it doesn't require work on the part of man and woman, as any married couple knows. For instance, when life gets rough, this can negatively affect the married life. Individuals and coupled counseling Individual and coupled counseling is important during rough patches. Or as the persons in the marriage are simply trying to heal wounds from the past and become more whole as spouses. This is why we have two pastoral clinical counselors offering counseling here throughout the week here at St. Francis de Sales. Dr. Kelly Cahill-Roberts and Todd Warren. They are pastoral clinical, meaning they have all the clinical degrees and training, but they also have the pastoral side. They bring their faith, and they couple them together. Their contact information is on our staff page on our parish website. Ongoing marriage enrichment and the solid development of the man and the woman in the marriage bond is also vital. In essence, it is so important that husband and wife, who are also mother and father to their children, consistently and regularly develop themselves 
throughout the course of their life as disciples of Jesus Christ. And here's the reason why it makes total sense. If you want to get marriage right, go to the architect of the marriage. Go to the builder of the marriage. Go to the sustainer of the marriage. So they are more capable then of living out God's design for their lives as individuals and as husband and wife charged with helping the other get into heaven and lead their children along the same path, which is the purpose of marriage. Therefore, joining discipleship groups is crucial. It's why I keep pushing it here. Absolutely crucial. Getting in, we have that man is you for men. We have walking with purpose for women. And we have beloved for married couples, steeped in the scriptures, getting to know the Jesus of the scriptures. Along those lines, getting into the word of God also in order to come to know God better, the Christ of the scriptures can enhance the coupled life immensely. We have seeds of faith in the Great Adventure Bible study groups throughout the week. Learning the faith as a couple at home, too. You don't have to do it here. You can also learn it on your own or at other times. Our parish pays for the subscription for any parishioner who wants to use form.org, which is an awesome website that offers a multimedia platform for learning and growing in one's faith. Praying. Two, praying together as a couple, placing oneself before our Lord in Eucharistic adoration, and simply doing date nights. Like in two weeks on a Saturday night, we're going to hold a winter wonderland dinner dance here at St. Francis de Sales for all of our married couples. It helps keep the fire of married life stoked by divine love. Finally, long before a son and daughter become an adult, Solid and ongoing faith formation, particularly during the most critical times of that person's life, during the middle school and high school years, is absolutely crucial in shaping and forming young people today to know God, love God, and follow God. So that they can not only find the right person, the one God created them to be as their spouse, find that right person, know how to find that right person, but also then capable of living out God's design for married love and family life. This is one of the main reasons we have middle school and high school youth group here. At youth group, young people learn so much about God and themselves and gain many experiences where they learn to trust God and follow him rather than the social constructs of our, social, of, our, of our secular culture. Let me end with this. Indeed, God has an original design for all of us, no matter our state in life. Single, married, divorced, or remarried, widowed, a celibate priest, younger, older, there's nothing that we can come up with on our own that tops his plan for humanity in general and for every individual. Let us set ourselves on a course forward, living a life open and available to him so that no matter his plan, it might be realized fully in us and not only for our own happiness, but for the blessings of so many others 
because we follow God's plan.